Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Episode 9, The Corinthian Prophecy Whether you believe in ghosts or not, it makes little difference to me. Both the skeptic and the believer pay equally to get down to the truth. The path to soul-searching, i found, is also the path to revenue. That's show business. This is The Foxes of Hydesville, starring Carrie Mulligan, McKenna Grace, Christina Rucato, and Phoebe Tonkin. The local star and the global star are a different thing. At the seance parlor with the proper lighting and on my own terrain, there are no problems. But at the largest theater in Rochester, in front of 800 skeptics, well, that's a whole other can of hell. November 11th, 1849. Preparations for Corinthian Hall are almost complete. A year in the making. The post-coalition is a powerful press machine with marketing, promotion, fleckery and spin. They've got flyers on every corner of Rochester. Adverts in every broadsheet from here to Wisconsin, our newest state. The telegraph machines and steam locomotives have caused word to spread quicker and wider. The scope of their influence has no boundaries, including their plans for the Sisters Fox. I don't want to see the term witches in the trades anymore. Any journalist who prints that will be tarred and feathered. I'll make damn fuck sure of it. Well, in the absence of, what are the critics to replace it with? Hmm, spirit medium or medium. Something that says they're simply messengers delivering from beyond. Now, how exactly do we align mediums with abolitionists and suffragists? We're not selling dead talkers. We're selling communion. We're not selling seances. We're selling religion. And that's fine, but we should apply a name to it. This religion. Hmm, I don't know. Some sort of ism. Afterlife, the spirit world. Yeah, neism has to go with the word. Netherism. Yes, along the... Hmm. Um, Spiritualism. There. Spiritualism. Yes. I read it in a book once. Yeah, I like it. We should steal it. Agreed. Let's rebrand it, make it our own. Well done, Katie. Katie was becoming quieter and more withdrawn while Maggie was rising up, embracing her manifest prophecy and eating the press for lunch. Now what says Margareta Fox about uh, scientists calling you and your sisters duplicitous and dishonest? I say go to Corinthian Hall. And what do you say to your detractors who call you nothing more than mere charlatans or, or stage magicians? Well, I would say go to Corinthian Hall. There's a rumor about the usage of gadgets and devices hidden under your frocks, uh, between your thighs. That is a fallacy specifically hawked by the Pioneer Society. The only thing between my thighs is the power to seduce and reproduce. How about you? A libido the size of a pea, I imagine? We channel spirits, communing with lost souls and loved ones. Unlike your penis, it's no small thing. It's a very emotional and philosophical experience. It <laughs> Do the ladies mind that skeptics, hecklers, and cynics alike will be attending these four nights? Bring them all, I say. We'll take all the press we can get. 
An estimated 75% of opening night attendees are predicted to be antagonistic. By the fourth night, we'll have that cut in half. The foxes won't be disrupted or disturbed by laughing and cackling in the aisles? Nothing disturbs the unflappable Maggie Fox. The more, the merrier. And what of Katie Fox, who is strangely not in attendance? She takes this very seriously, and I don't care to expose her to smear campaigns, Mr. Lewis. I see. So all audience members, good and bad, are welcomed by the sisters. Allow me to paraphrase a sonnet which has yet to be written. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Send these, the homeless and tempest-tossed, to me. Give us the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Give us the whole fucking lot of them. We'll take them all. Leah, we've got a very big problem here. Adelaide, what's with all these people here? A bit of a red alert issue here. Where's the rest of your people? We were promised full protection. They're out searching, Miss Fox. Searching for what? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to tell you, Leah. Well, out with it, woman. Katie's gone missing. What do you mean, missing? We took her to Penfield, just like you asked. Yes. For solitude and so on. Yes, yes. And then... Upon returning, well, she disappeared somewhere along the Pittsford Trail. Disappeared? Disappeared? When did this happen? Two nights ago. Two nights ago? Yes, ma'am. We're tracking her. Why was I not informed? We felt we could find her before the end of your press tour. Mother of fucking shit. We also assessed that your reaction would be equally volatile, whether at the time of the disappearance or two days on. Well, is there any information on the whereabouts of my sister? Or am I supposed to just simply explode into spontaneous combustion? Well, Well, we believe we spotted her near a safe house due east yesterday. East? Hydesville. Hydesville? Yes, that's where we believe she's headed as well. On the night of our show? We have a show... In under 24 hours, Adelaide. Yes. Our first show, opening night. Yes, I've crunched the math, and there are a large assortment of problems on the docket. Well, we'll just have to, to, to send her word or message her to get back here. That's not an option. Why not? Uh, because David blocked all communication last year for our protection. No postmen or messengers are allowed on the property. That was by design. Strictly speaking, the only way to get to David's farm is the way that you and Adelaide did, which is in person. Jesus Christ. Let's not um, inform Amy Post yet. About that. We tried to keep it under wraps with her as well, Miss Fox, but Mrs. Post is a very... Ultimately, she's, um... She's Amy Post. Yes. Katie was going to be a problem. At 13 years old, I thought maybe I could control her. I was wrong. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our busy lives, it's all too easy to prioritize the needs of others while neglecting our own. The constant giving and selflessness can leave us feeling depleted and overwhelmed. That's where therapy comes in offering valuable tools to help us achieve a healthier balance. With BetterHelp, you can continue supporting others without sacrificing your own well-being. If you're considering therapy, I highly recommend giving BetterHelp a try. 
Their online platform is designed with your convenience and flexibility in mind, allowing you to access therapy from anywhere at any time that suits your schedule. You can sign up for BetterHelp online quickly and easily. Once you fill out a brief survey, you'll be matched with a therapist that's right for you. But if you're not feeling completely comfortable, you can switch therapists at any time at no additional cost. BetterHelp is more convenient and it's more affordable than in-person therapy. No uncomfortable trips to the office, sitting in a waiting room, just professional help from the comfort of your home. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com F-O-H today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com F-O-H. Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey there. This is Troy and Belisario, and I'm so incredibly excited to tell you about my new scripted fiction podcast, Ad Lusum. I created and wrote this show alongside my good friend, Josh Close, and I also play Phil, a highly skilled technician who works for a fictional pioneering tech company, Ad Lusum OI. Our story begins as the company prepares to roll out a game-changing new update to their Corporeal Augmented Reality Assistant, or CARA for short. CARA, with presence, ups the sensory experience. Users will not only hear and see their CARAs, but also feel her company in the room. But once unleashed on the general public, what other nefarious uses could people find for presence? Ad Lusum is a grounded sci-fi thrill ride you won't want to miss, starring Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, and me, alongside Fiona Shaw, Clancy Brown, and many more. Follow Ad Lusum on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now to be among the first to listen. August is here and summer is winding down, but we are here to help you plan your perfect end of summer break. On the Strong Sense of Place podcast, we explore different destinations and discuss what makes them special. We talk about the landscape, the culture, the local food. And then we recommend five books we love that took us there on the page. Whether you're looking for a beach vacation, a city break, or solid company for a road trip, we have something for you. Binge more than 50 episodes of Strong Sense of Place wherever you get your podcasts. In Katie Fox, a star was born. Was I jealous? Yes. I immediately hated her and was obsessed with her in the first instant. But when you're in the middle of a boxing match, you're not thinking about the punches as much as the person. How do I pummel my opponent into submission? That's probably all I was thinking through years of adrenaline, sweat and blood seeping into my eyes. How can I win? You need to get Katie back. I'm aware. I mean, what the fuck, Leah? What do you want me to say? She disappeared in the middle of the night on your underground railroad. You want me to sit here and tell you I'm fucking happy about She's it? She's the star, Leah. Yes, I understand that. You need to go back to Hyattsville and close the fucking deal. Already out the door. And you need to learn to control her in the future, you understand? I understand. And in turn, you need to control your husband. My husband? What on earth is that supposed to mean? I don't know. What do I mean, Isaac? I'm sorry. I was reading. 
What was the question? The question was, how would a tiny rogue fox know how to get from point A to point B on the Underground Railroad? Now, wait just a minute. How would she know, for example, how to avoid the traps planted for the slave hunters or the landmines built by the machinists? Are you insinuating that my husband had a hand in this? How could little Katie Fox navigate the correct depots or access points without being privy to published guides, maps or pamphlets? How dare you accuse my husband of betrayal? Allow me to rephrase. Who would have the motivation, the knowledge and the wherewithal to pull off such an intricate coup? Ridiculous. Isaac, tell that you had nothing to do with it and that we are done with the foxes for good. For God's sake, men, speak the fuck up. Tell this plump bitch that you are properly insulted. Isaac. Isaac. Please. Please help me make sense of your lack of response. Indeed, Isaac, illuminate us. Tell us how an unwell 13-year-old waif takes a two-day journey back to Hydesville without her meds, without protection, without being escorted through an elaborate web of secret routes, meeting points and safe houses. I suppose, hypothetically, she would need the proper assistance. And who would have given her that? Someone like me. Jesus Christ. Isaac, have you gone mad? Not that I'm aware. Then what the actual fuck, Isaac? What have you done? A young girl, who I've become very close with, came to me asking for help. Pleading with me to help her get back home so she could be given some peace. And when I looked into her purple eyes, I knew instantly that it was my God-given mission to provide her with that support. My God. Well, that's just terrific, Isaac. That's just fucking we great. We need her for Corinthian Hall, Isaac. What's wrong with you? She's sick, Amy. She needs proper care and attention. This is her moment, Isaac. The biggest moment of her life, of all our lives. <laughs> you take a small girl from Hydesville, and you start filling her ego with meds, and adulation, coddling and pampering her day in, day out, breeding her for months on end to be the medium prophet of lost souls. And then one day, you toss her up on stage in front of a thousand ply mob of minions and mudslingers, and I guarantee you, she'll never be the same again. Isaac, I hate to break this to you, but you've been played. Her number one talent is manipulation, second only to speaking to the dead. You've been gaslit. Well, she doesn't talk through the walls. She talks through the drugs. Okay, Isaac. Are you implying you don't believe she speaks to spirits? To Matilda? I don't doubt that I'm speaking to my daughter, nor do I question the extraordinary psychic powers imbued upon Katie Fox. But what does give me pause, and what I am absolutely sure of, is that every time she does a seance, a little piece of her dies... Every time she evokes a spirit, it chips away at her lifeblood, darkens her soul, piece by piece, month after month. The spirits suck away her soul, microdosing her marrow. And one day we're all going to wake up and realize there's nothing left of her. Isaac. So yes, I sent her back to Hydesville. And yes, I think she would be wonderful at Corinthian Hall. I'm still torn on the matter. But I did what I thought was best when the moment presented itself. And that's all that I'll ever say on the subject. Well, it won't be the last you hear from me on the subject. 
Oh, I have no objection to you fetching her back. Though I doubt Leah Fox, of all people, could accomplish such a task. But never let it be said that I, Isaac Post, didn't do the righteous fucking thing. Because when you do something like Corinthian Hall, you're crossing the fucking Rubicon. And there's no turning back. Well, I, for one, appreciate Isaac's subtlety. Marriages can be complicated, that's for sure. What are you suddenly all chipper about? I'm just happy that with thousands of dollars on the line of your money, it wasn't me who screwed the pooch. That may be so. However, I don't intend to lose that money, nor do I intend to disappoint an entire legion of friends and allies by admitting to them that it was my fucking husband who purged their pockets. So, I'm pretty sure the problem is still squarely in your court. Right. Well, I guess there are really only three options when you get right down to it, then. Go on. One. We actually believe your wise husband, and for the sake of Katie's health, we call the whole thing off. We do not. Okay, then. Two. The show must go on, and we do it without Katie. We do not. Right, of course. Which leaves us with the third and final option. Correct. That being, I leave for Hydesville this second, and somehow arrive there within three hours, which is an implausible and an infeasible amount of time. Correct. Then I somehow convince a child prodigy with psychic powers, who hates my fucking guts, that her life would somehow improve if she were to hop back in a wagon with me to Rochester and smile alongside each other for four nights in a row while conjuring up the dead. Correct. Got it. And then, when we get to Corinthian Hall in less than two hours, which is impossible, we'll cheerily hop on stage and hope to God she doesn't barf up ectoplasm with stage fright like she did last time, in front of over 1,000 people. That all sounds right. And unless I'm missing something, there are still no direct trains to Hydesville as of yet, correct? No, there are not. Perfect. We have a plan. Just going to have a quick shot of rye here. Now then. I'll need your fastest buggy. I and I alone needed to convince the Grand Diva to return. What I hadn't considered out of all the obstacles was David. The property still had stragglers and acolytes gazing at me in a lost trance, just as they did before. As I walk through the zombie apocalypse, I noticed a shrine and tombstone where Red Taylor was killed. Added to the deja vu was a small army of woodsman bodyguards or protectors who surrounded the property with rifles and muskets. They were expecting me, moving aside as I ascended the porch. It was like I was being welcomed inside by a trove of barnyard knights of armor. They led me to the very table I first met Katie at, and there was Katie and David waiting for me in silence. David, good to see you, eh? Okay, I understand. But before I waste my time, I just need to know if I'm wasting my time. And then, David turned to Katie, and I shit you not, 
she whispered. Sugar takes, though. Not necessarily. What the fuck was that? I'll be uh, speaking on her back. So, is this a negotiation? Um, yes. And is she going to speak fucking English for it? Japan Flavel spoke sex No. No? That's it? That's everything she just said? Katie feels that it is you who needs to speak, and not her. <laughs> okay. Well, so, here it goes. Katie, I was lost in life. I was just sort of barreling along, like one does, coasting through marriages and motherhood and never really once thinking about my own future or even the present or my family or friends or anything even remotely important until I came here, met you. There are essentially two eras of my life, before Katie and after, and I can tell you with 100% conviction that the after part... This past year of my life has been the most exhilarating, exciting and frightening journey I've ever been on. More than all of the previous years combined. I'm scared to hell of you. That's the God's honest truth. I have no idea what you're going to do next. I don't know if you're going to cry or scream or barf or conjure the dead or kill me in my sleep. But let me tell you, sister, I am fucking down for it. I'm all in. I may be an asshole. And I may be riddled with flaws, but if I have to leave this house without you, I'm sure as fuck not going back to Rochester. What's the point? Without you in my life, what is the fucking point? Honestly, this is my way of telling you I love you, by the way. Some people express themselves in gibberish and other people are just emotionally retarded and I sort of fall on the latter half of that spectrum, so you can take it or leave it. I'm not here as your sister or your mother or even your distant aunt. God knows I'm no good at being any of those things. But I am here to tell you that you don't need any of those drugs, Katie. Because you are the drug. You are the fucking drug. I can't get enough of you. And I have a feeling I have a sneaking little suspicion that other people will be addicted to. And that the whole fucking world would be helplessly addicted to you if they could just see you in the flesh. You're probably thinking right now, I hate this bitch, but also I'm feeling pretty good right now. Hmm, that's weird. Why is that? Because I am encouraging you. And that is something I have never fucking done, and I am truly, truly sorry for that. I've never once given you a well done or lifted your spirits or admitted any fault. But I promise you, Katie, as God and the dead are my witness, that not only will I encourage you moving forward, but that my encouragement will most assuredly take the place of all those little fucking vials and coloured pills you ingest into your soul. I want to manage you. I want to be your manager, not your mother. And I want to watch you and Maggie become the greatest show on earth. And maybe that sounds superficial, but it's all I've got. And it's all that I really want, and quite frankly, I haven't got any more time for this bullshit. So what's it going to be? Are you in, or are you out? Um, okay. She doesn't want to have anything to do with press, promotions, or any of the bullshit. She doesn't want to be listed on the posters or any promotional materials. She also wants a piece of the profits. Five percent. Twenty. Fuck you. For each sister. Double fuck you. 
20% for the tools. 30. 20 with a piece of the house. Deal. Really? Yep. Holy fuck. Uh, well, we have two hours and ten minutes to make a four-hour trip. You packed? Yes. And that was it. And on the way back, for the first time in my life, Katie smiled. She was reunited with her sister. And every soul in Rochester was out there, just beyond the curtain, to love us, heckle us, and judge us. And here, for your pleasure, other Fox sisters. But it didn't matter anymore. Because I knew, I fucking knew, whatever was waiting for us beyond that curtain, the good, the bad, and the deadly ugly, Whatever kind of hell was in store for us, I already knew. I'd already won. The Foxes of Hydesville stars Carrie Mulligan as Leah Fox Phoebe Tonkin as Adelaide Granger McKenna Grace as Katie Fox Christina Brucato as Maggie Fox with additional roles by the criminal content players including Dwayne Hill, Jim Conroy, Mara Casson, Ryan Willard. Written and directed by Sean Christensen. Executive produced by Carrie Mulligan, Sean Christensen, and Gabriel Mason. Co-executive produced by Mara Casson and Christina Brucato. Produced by Brendan Hubbard and Adam Volerich. Associate produced by Nick Masidi. Sound designed by Brandon Jones. Composed by Darren Morsey. Editing, mixing, mastering, and additional music by Nick Massetti. Additional editing by Sean Christensen and Adam Volerich. Marketing lead, Ellie Kotapish. Production assistance by Mylissa Fitzsimmons. Artwork by Lon Chan. Credits read by Natalie Press. Special thanks to Dave Williams, The Invisible Studios, and Fancy Film. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.